I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a formal? But that Why hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want, want to know, know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl podcast. Happy 2024 to all of the Every Girls out there. I hope you all had a wonderful end of your year, a great holiday, and are enjoying the start of the new year. I have been drinking so much champagne, eating so much food, living my absolute best life. I know you guys are too, but I wanted to give you a little a little gift from me to you and share three tips to make 2024 the most beautiful, happiest, fullest, and the very best years of your life. I know that this is the time when everybody is getting out their vision boards, they're setting their goals, their resolutions, and I wanted to provide some tips that hopefully will help. So let's dive into it. Here we go. First tip, you cannot set new resolutions for 2024 until you reflect on 2023, okay? We can learn so much from our past selves. It's basically like data that we are collecting. The most successful people go through life reviewing each year, each month, each week as if it is data to learn what they can do differently in the future. So Before you dive into the goal setting and vision board, grab a journal, light a candle, and take some time to reflect on what habits or mindsets held you back last year, what actions or decisions you made didn't feel good to you, in what ways did you not live your best life in 2023, and also in what ways did you? Like, what worked? What were the good things? What do you want more of in 2024 that you had in 2023? So reflecting on your past year, if you have not done that already, is crucial before you get into the next phase because it's kind of like, again, giving us data to better understand where we're coming from, what we actually need to change, and what our goals should actually be. So now getting into the goal focus part of it, when we're looking ahead to 2024, I have like a PSA for everybody. If you are making resolutions, as the vast majority of people are, I would like for you to rethink that and maybe tweak what you're doing to set goals for this year. Since I've been the wellness editor of The Every Girl for so long and January was our biggest time of year for wellness. So I've done a lot of thinking about resolutions and why they don't work. The statistic that I always go to is this US News and World Report study that found that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February. And that was a few years ago. I guarantee that if they studied this again, the statistic is probably higher because we expect more from ourselves and are willing to put in less work. But here's my thing. The problem is not you. This is not the podcast where you will hear me say that you are not driven enough, disciplined enough, you're lazy, you don't have enough willpower, and that's the problem. The problem is not you. With any goal in general, whether it's a resolution or not, 
If you are not hitting that goal, if that goal is hard for you to reach, the problem is not you. The problem is that the goal is actually not the right one for you. I think that the reason over 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February is because the resolutions we set aren't actually what we value. So like a common one that I hear all the time with my clients, with readers, with listeners, is that they want to lose weight. They want to tone up. I I feel like it's kind of like the classic diet culture driven resolution is you want to feel like you look better in like the standard that is culturally acceptable, whatever. But do you really want to lose 20 pounds by summer? Do you really want that? Or is it something that you feel like you should do in order to be more confident? And confidence is actually the thing that you really want at the end of the day. In the same vein, do you really want to earn a graduate degree? Or do you just feel unsure about your next career move and you feel like you're unhappy in the career that you're in now? So like, duh, your resolutions are not sticking because they're not worth sticking to. We often set resolutions that we think will make us feel happier without realizing that we are defining these end goals of happiness as circumstantial. So like, I will be confident only if I lose weight. I will be successful only if I get a promotion. I will be happy only if I get in a relationship. You know, we're putting circumstances on these end goals, these feelings that are actually not circumstantial. They have to do with your internal state, not your external state. If we were to actually achieve these resolutions, like losing weight, getting a promotion, going to grad school, getting a relationship, it doesn't necessarily get us to the end goal that we actually want. It doesn't necessarily get us to that happiness or success or confidence. Because if you think about it, losing weight doesn't necessarily make you more confident. Just like getting a promotion won't necessarily make you feel like you're in the right career path, you know? So my thoughts on resolutions, I love goals. I feel like it's so important to be focused on goals and to be thinking, here's what I want next in my life. Here's how I make my life happier and fuller and richer. But I think that the way we think of resolutions is just setting ourselves up for failure. So what do you do instead of resolutions? How do you set goals for 2024 instead? So I want to use a quote from one of my favorite guests we've ever had, Jamie Varon. She's an incredible writer. She writes the sentence, reach small step by small step until you can't remember when you've ever felt anything but wholly in love with your life. So when I first read this, I thought like that is the perfect way to actually define what a resolution should be. Maybe resolutions should not be these goals that we need to check off a list on our way to a culturally defined meaning of success, but maybe resolution should be these small steps, these small steps that we reach for until we can't remember when we felt anything but wholly in love with our lives. So for example, they are the little daily or weekly things that you're doing for yourself for your relationships, for the things that make you happy, for the career that will be most fulfilling, for your body to feel as energized as possible. These are the building blocks to create a life that you are wholly in love with. So rather than thinking that a resolution is something that you're supposed to be doing, it's getting really honest with yourself of what are the little building blocks, the little steps that you can take to be closer and closer to a life that you are in love with, not a life where you look amazing or you have this idea of success that other people have set up for you, but for you, for your life, for who you are as a person, a life that you are in love with, what are small steps you can take to get there? 
My last little tip for you here is make a list of things you're looking forward to. You guys know that I love a vision board. I love goal setting, but I think making this year as amazing as we can is not just about a list of things that we hope happen to us, but it's acknowledging that there's already a lot of pretty amazing things happening as is. So for example, do you have like a trip planned with your friends that you're super excited about? Or is there a friend's wedding coming up? Are you hitting a milestone at work? What are those exciting things that are going on in your life that you don't have to hope or pray or manifest or work towards? It's just already on your calendar. And what about even the smaller things like changing of the seasons or recipes that you're excited to cook? You know, it can be the really small things that you don't have to hope for or manifest or take action for at all. It can just be the little things. You don't have to wait until 2025 to realize that 2024 is the best year of your life. You can decide right now, looking ahead at all the things you have to look forward to, that 2024 is going to be such a great year. So those are a few of my little tips. I will share with you guys my one and only resolution for 2024. I mean, I I do have a whole vision board. I've shared my process for manifestation and, and vision boarding and all those things before. I'm a big manifestation gal. Again, I love setting goals. I'm all about it. I have so many goals this year for the podcast, for me personally, for my relationship, for my health. I have all of these goals, but really the only one that matters at the end of the day is this. So it kind of needs some explaining. So you know that feeling when you really like like someone, like when I was first falling in love with Joey and we met and we were talking and it was so fun and just like that exciting feeling where you wake up every morning with butterflies and you're so excited and then it's like hard to fall asleep at night because you just want to talk to them and you want to know what they're doing. And it's even like those days where you'd stay up all night talking, or at least this was for my experience with Joey, like we'd stay up talking all night and somehow I'd sleep for a couple hours and still feel so energized throughout the day and like not need any sleep. And I just had this different energy and I don't know how else to explain it besides the energy shift. The energy is so specific when you're in that phase where you're falling in love with someone. And I I had this realization though the other day, why can't I feel that way for my life? Like if I can feel that way about a person, why can't I wake up every day and go to sleep every night with the energy of falling in love because I can choose to be so in love with my life? So that's my resolution in case you want to make it yours too, applying that energy that I have felt falling in love for a person to falling in love with my life. I really want this to be the year where I am so intentional about how I spend my moments, about the way that I think, about the lens in which I see the world, in my decisions that I make, so that I am intentionally, going back to Jamie Varon's quote, I am step by step mindset by mindset, change by change, building a life that I am so in love with that I have that feeling of waking up every day with butterflies and going to bed at night so exciting and not needing sleep because you're so happy. Like, why can't we feel that, you guys? If we can feel that for some guy, no offense, Joey, why can't we feel that for our own life? That is my resolution. I hope that you guys take that with me too. Now let's dive into my conversation with Roxy Nafusi because it will majorly inspire you to live your fullest life too. This episode is actually a part two. We first had Roxy on as our first episode of 2023 back in January of last year. I had to ask her to come back as our first part two ever because you guys loved her. It is still our most downloaded episode to date. 
And I totally get why. It's one of those episodes you want to listen to a few times. You want to take notes, send to your friends. Like the tips that she shares will change your life. So if you haven't listened to part one, go listen to Roxy's episode from last January. She shares a lot of the foundations of manifestation, her seven steps to manifest. And in this episode, we're diving a little bit deeper into how manifestation has changed for her, the part of healing and reflection that is a key piece of manifestation that most people miss. And it really is interesting to hear her perspective because she says that she has changed her mind a lot about what manifestation is and how that practice shows up in the past year. She's been through a lot of struggles, a lot of hard times. And so she shares what has changed for her and her beliefs about manifestation. And it is such an interesting conversation. It really will be the perfect way to kick off a new year and help you fall in love with your life a little bit deeper. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, I'm talking to Roxy Nafusi, who is a self-development coach, manifestation expert, and author of the Sunday Times bestseller, Manifest, Seven Steps to Live Your Best Life. She was named by Forbes as the queen of manifesting and is beloved by celebrities like Bella Hadid, Cara Delevingne, and Ellie Goulding. Since our conversation last year, she has blown up and she released her second book, Manifest Dive Deeper. There's so much for us to catch up on and so many good tips. Like if you thought that part one was good, just wait until you listen to this episode. Please welcome yet again, Roxy Nafusi to the Every Girl podcast and happy 2024. How have you been? I feel like you've been doing so much. Like it's just so awesome to see since I talked to you last year. It's been amazing how much you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been so busy. It's been so busy. Yeah, but it's been a very, um, it's been a very healing year, actually. I love that healing's the focus. That's so powerful. Yeah, totally. It really was. It wasn't so much about like growth and career this year than that has happened. My focus really was healing. I'm interested in hearing more about the healing. So let's dive right in. My first question for you was, what have you learned about manifestation in the past year? Interesting. So when I entered 2023 in January this year, I actually had somewhat of a breakdown, really. I was in a really bad place. I was actually launching my second book, Manifest in Action, which is launching in the US this January. We launched in the UK in January 2023. And I was going to the launch event. And this was after like a huge year. 2022 was like massive. And the year before January 2022 manifest, the original Orange Book had come out, went global. It was like this amazing year. And all these things on my vision board had come to fruition. And it was so exciting. And I was like, oh my God, I'm living a dream. And then the second book comes out. And then I was on my way to the launch party with the second book. And I just had this enormous panic attack. I was uncontrollable, couldn't breathe, got to the event. There were all these people there. And I think I was kind of just really not with it. I, I remember giving my speech and I could not stop crying, like hysterical. And it wasn't just I was a bit emotional. I was actually just like mentally I was not there. I was really not well. And for the weeks that came after that, I was in a really, really bad place. I just felt, and like, I just didn't know how to put one foot in front of the other. As I've always said, manifestation is really about the inner work. It is about the sense of like empowerment and finding a life that fulfills you and makes you feel at peace. And I think that it can be really easy to confuse manifesting with just reaching goals. 
and everything has to be about these big shiny things. That's not actually what it's about. And so at that point, when I realized I'd essentially just burnt myself out, you know, as many of us do. And I think burnout is a really real thing, especially in this hustle culture. And so I realized that I'd burnt myself out and I had decided then I was like, okay, this year, my focus is going to be to heal. Because if you think about it, I spent 28, 29 years deeply unhappy never knowing joy, with severe self-loathing, 10 years of addiction within that. I wasn't going to suddenly be healed in three years, although my life is very different and I had created a lot of opportunities and I was in a much, much better place. There's still a lot of deep trauma that needed work. So I changed my goals and people kept asking me in interviews, what are you manifesting this year? And I was like, I am just on a journey of finding inner peace. And what I had actually put on my vision board in 2023 was work-life balance. So I really clearly, even then, just as I was going into the year, knew I needed it. And so I didn't focus so much on goals, but actually on healing and self-love and finding moments of joy in life's simple pleasures. And I think it's very important because people assume that we're going to find happiness when we manifest the goals. Okay, so like happiness exists at these places of success or abundance or once you achieve this goal, but that's just not true at all. And I think actually we do know this because we know enough successful, famous, rich people who are deeply unhappy, right? So we do kind of know this, but we forget and we still think that the goals is where it's at. But actually, manifesting is about enjoying the journey. It's about finding happiness on the way there and finding happiness in life's small, simple pleasures. And I think a happy life is just a life that's filled with these small, little, ordinary moments of joy. And so I found that a really powerful way of relooking at manifesting and changing even the way I think that I was speaking about it and, and reminding people that the goals are important we genuinely need as humans something to work towards we need a focus we need something to guide us something to motivate us but we need to remember that we're not finding happiness at that goal I not even knowing that you had gone through this journey I really wanted to know more about the healing like I literally wrote down I want to dive more into healing and the fact that you just said that this year is about healing for you I'm like it's one of those like weird kismet moments you know the like universe the universe I swear it's like the universe knows what we all need when we need it so yeah. I think it's so powerful to have you speak out about that because I think you're so right manifestation obviously has blown up and I love to see it but people are focused on the vision boards and then they're thinking oh well once I become my best self then I'll be happy rather than feeling like we have to change ourselves now in order to get what we want with kind of like the reverse order. What worked for you if you could share some things for listeners who resonate with where you were a year ago? Do you have any tips that worked for you in getting through that healing so that you could really support yourself, self-love, all of those priorities that you had this year? I have quite a few. And what I'll start by saying is that my step four of my seven steps is overcome tests from the universe. And in my new book, Manifest in Action, I talk about this idea that after every rock bottom, there's a leveling up. And I really, truly believe that. It's a deep core belief that I have that when things are hard, when I'm going through a tough time, 
I know that something amazing is coming on the other side. And for me, that's what positivity is. Positivity isn't feeling good every day. It's knowing that even on the dark days, better days are coming. That's a gift that manifestation has given me. So it meant that in that period of time in January, I wasn't feeling hopeless. I knew it was going to pass. And I think for anyone going through a tough time, it's really hold on to that belief and know that it will pass because it always does. And there's always reward on the other side. And another exercise I actually have in the book is I ask people to write down when was a time where something went wrong or something bad happened. And then can you remember the time when you went, oh, thank God it happened like that because we all have those examples and that can really serve as a reminder to us that these tough times, these challenges, they really are serving us. So with kind of little tools that I use, I mean, firstly, I went to therapy and that was incredible for me. I actually saw a trauma specialist and really dug deep into some childhood stuff. So that was really powerful for me. And some of these things were definitely an investment and I'm aware of them. So I'm going to say everything I did. Some of them are not available to everyone and I understand that. But I went to a functional medicine doctor and a hormone doctor. That was two things that really changed my life. I think understanding how my hormones were affecting my anxiety, the way that I felt day to day, and having a functional medicine doctor talk to me about my nervous system and how that stemmed from childhood and giving me different supplements to take. From a physiological point of view, that really helped. And I think everything is connected. So those things really helped. But day-to-day little practices that I did were using my affirmations. Affirmations are such a powerful tool. I've always spoken about them. I love them. I always start my morning with affirmations as soon as I wake up. So I say something like, today is going to be a great day. I love the person that I'm becoming. I'm so proud of how far I've come. I'm grateful for all that I already have. So waking up to that when your subconscious part of your brain is really susceptible in that state when you're just waking up. I always start my day with affirmations and I use them whenever I need. So those times where I was feeling like I was on the verge of panic attacks often, I would use affirmations that say things like, I am calm and safe. Another thing that I started doing was more breath work. So really understanding how I was breathing. So I really realized that I was breathing out of my mouth and out of my nose, which was making my nervous system a bit on overdrive. So understanding how I was breathing and then committing to like breathwork exercises, even just five minutes in the morning or five minutes in the day. Or what one thing I say to people is, why don't you set a timer three times in the day and do two minutes of focused breathing? Start with that. But just to regulate the nervous system really helps. One of my favorite things that I've done, and I would say is probably my number one, is every morning before I start the day, I lie on an acupressure mat for 10 minutes and I meditate. And the acupressure mat is, you can get them from Amazon. You lie on your back with your top off. And I do that while I do a 10 minute meditation. It's really remarkable how different my day is as a result. I have more mental clarity. I have more resilience to stress. I'm not as irritable. I just feel better. So all of that and then things like exercise and spending time with people that I love and having really clear boundaries at work and saying no to things I don't want to do. All of these little things really contributed to me feeling probably the best I've ever felt in my life. I love hearing that you're in that space. That's so awesome. Also, you talking about affirmations. I know that's such a a huge piece of your practice and, and so much of what you preach. What you were just saying now about how much that was helpful for like when you're going through a hard time and waking up in the morning and telling yourself, I am grateful. I love who I am. I love who I'm becoming. 
is so powerful. And I think that affirmations are one of those practices people feel like feels too fluffy for something that would actually change me. And I was reminded when you were just saying this, I actually think I heard this on Oprah years ago before affirmations were a huge thing. And Oprah had a guest. I wish I remembered who, but I will never forget them saying, whatever follows I am is true. They weren't trying to talk about affirmations. They weren't trying to be like, you should recite affirmations in the mirror. It was just whatever follows I am, it's true. So the example they used was, if you say I'm tired, you will be tired. If you say I'm energized, you will be energized. And I think that that is a powerful thing that we can use. I love myself or I hate myself. I look ugly or I love the way I look. We can change the reality based on what follows I am. And I think that's so powerful. Absolutely, because your subconscious part of the brain is always trying to find evidence to support whatever it is you're telling it. Because it can't differentiate a truth from a lie. So whatever you say, if you keep saying, I'm tired, I'm no good, bad things happen to me, I'm not lucky, your brain will start to find evidence to support that belief. Whereas if you start to say to yourself, I'm so lucky, life is incredible, life is my life is beautiful. I am so grateful. I have such an abundant life. I am healthy. I have vitality. Then your brain will work for you, trying to support that and try to make sure that it makes that true. And we know that. I always say, have you ever got a new car? Okay. And then suddenly you realize that every other car on the road is the same car. Your brain finds evidence to support whatever it is you're focusing your attention on. Or I got a cut of fringe this year in February. I don't know what I was thinking, but I got bangs, as you guys would say. I got bangs and I was like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know. And it was a moment, don't worry. I regretted it for the last eight months until it grew out. But when I got it, when I suddenly I went on Instagram and every other person had bangs. I was like, oh my God, I never noticed everybody has bangs. The same amount of people where we had it, but my brain was now focusing on it. So it's really important that we tell our brains what to focus on so that it can make our experience a reality fuller. For listeners who are really into manifestation, but they're all about the goal setting, vision boards, like all of those things that again are amazing. But they are like, I hear you, Roxy, but I don't want to have to go into healing. I don't want to work on limiting beliefs. Why is it so important to look at our past, look at our present, focusing on being happy now in order to manifest what we want in the future? Well, I think there are a number of reasons for me. The secret of manifesting is that we manifest what we subconsciously believe we are worthy of receiving. So what we believe about ourselves essentially determines what we manifest. So we can have these goals of the perfect partner or a dream job or whatever it is. But if we don't believe we are worthy of unconditional love or abundance or success or joy or happiness, we're not going to be able to attract it into our lives because we manifest what we believe, not just what we think and not just what we feel, what we believe. And so from that point of view, there is no way out of it. And that's why step one is be clear in your vision. Step two is remove fear and doubt. And fear and doubt is this combination of insecurities, limiting beliefs, low self-worth. We have to focus on our healing journey and we have to essentially clear the path for us to be able to change what we believe and then attract it into our lives. So the healing is required, but it's, it's important for another reason. And that's because of what we were talking about at the beginning. If you are not healing your self-worth, if you're not healing from your pain and from your trauma and from everything that you've been through, then it doesn't matter what goal you reach, you will never find happiness. 
because to be happy, we have to be happy within ourselves. All the other things are just a distraction. And so what happens is then you reach that goal. It gives you momentary joy. It gives you a rush of adrenaline or whatever it is. And you feel like, oh my God, I'm so happy. And then that feeling will pass. And then you'll be back at square one. Having said that, the goals are fun. Like, that's great. Build a fantastic life for yourself. Build an abundant life for yourself. I am always encouraging people to dream as big as possible. Be outlandish on your vision board because you can get there. But to get there, you can't skip the healing. And I think that's what the new book, Manifest in Action, is really focused on. I don't know if you've read it yet, but there's the healing the wound and not the symptom. There's that whole kind of section in Remove Fear and Doubt. And also, gosh, what a better life when we've done the healing. It's, it really is. It really does feel better. Every time you heal something about yourself and recognize something about your patterns or your behaviors, you do unlock this new level of confidence that makes living life actually just feel better. It's interesting because I, as we're saying, people look at manifestation as a very future focused practice, but it's kind of making me think it actually is more of a present practice. You know, how are you showing up today? Because Sure, there's the goals, but in order to get to those goals, it's not about what you're doing in the future. It's about today. How are you showing up for yourself? How do you love yourself? How do you feel today? Yeah, and that's why I always say manifesting is a way of living. Like my seven steps, they're how you govern your life day to day. It's a guide. It's not something that you pick up and leave and pick up and leave. And people often say to me, what's one thing someone can do tomorrow to manifest their dreams? I'm like, it, it just doesn't work like that. There isn't one thing that you do. You can't just make a vision board and then it happens. You can't just say an affirmation. This is a whole process, but it's actually a really easy process when you understand it. It just filters into your everyday life. You don't have to consciously keep thinking about, oh God, I need to wake up and do this thing. You know, it actually just changes the way that you, like you say, show up. It's like a filter in which you see the world, not a practice. Like I remember you saying that on our last episode was it's not like a 30 minute thing you're going to do every day. It's literally the filter in which you see your life. Can you give some examples on where people may be subconsciously manifesting negativity if they are not working through these limiting beliefs? I'm always really careful about when I talk about people manifesting the wrong way, because I have to start by saying that life is full of uncertainty. And there are just unjust things that happen to people. And those people did not manifest them. There are things in our lives that we cannot control. The things that we can control, we should. Okay, we should do our best to control the things we can, but with an understanding that not everything is within our control. I think that anecdotally we know that our vibration and the way that we feel and our beliefs do have an impact on the reality that we create. Let's say if we wake up in a really bad mood or we're feeling really angry or we're feeling really frustrated or we're feeling really jealous or we're feeling really resentful. On those days, good things don't seem to happen, right? Let's say we miss our train or we drop our phone or something gets cancelled or a bill comes through the door. I 100% find that happens to me all the time. And I would say that I'm probably quite a powerful manifester. I think I have probably have tapped into channeling my energy quite strongly. And when I am not, I always say to my team, if I'm not in the best mood, I'm like, well, no opportunities are coming through today. And they really don't. But once we shift it, once we shift into that 
high vibrational state and gratitude and joy. My God, the floodgates open. It's a different experience. And so I do think that we can manifest, let's say, negative experiences based on how we feel. I'm not talking about really serious things. I'm talking about the kind of like things just going wrong day to day. What I also think is that our belief systems are really important. And if we hold negative beliefs about ourselves, we are going to constantly find evidence to support that. And we will make it true. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if we believe that, let's say, we are unlovable or that we're not worthy of unconditional love, then it's going to influence how we read and the meaning we attach to every kind of interaction we have. So we might meet someone who's being perfectly kind to us or showing us love and we either won't see it or we'll actually completely misread what they're saying or misread their energy and take it as a negative experience, even if it wasn't. So of course, then you will keep finding evidence to support the fact that you are not lovable. And so our belief systems do manifest our reality in that sense. And it's quite a common saying in the UK, people will always go, oh, typical, that would happen to me. You know, typical or oh, son's law. Do you have that phrase in the US? I think we call it Murphy's law. Murphy's law, like, yeah. yeah. Same. Okay, so Same it's thing. like, oh, Murphy's law, typical, this would happen. And that's really unbelievable that bad things will happen to you. And so, of course, you notice things that are bad and then you find more evidence for it. So. Yeah, I do think in that sense, we can manifest negativity into our lives depending on our belief systems. Yeah, it's really interesting. I just interviewed this amazing psychologist named Vienna Farron, and she explains a lot of like the wound origins and how different wounds from childhood or from earlier in our lives can dictate the way that we show up in our lives now. And a big one that we were talking about was in relationships when we logically no i deserve great i should pick a a really supportive wonderful partner but we have that wound that we are not lovable we will pick people that are going to reinforce that wound that will prove to us you're right you're not lovable that proves exactly what you're saying the beliefs are manifesting our reality what we believe about ourselves can dictate the way that we show up and what we're attracting to us or not attracting to us What we believe about ourselves, we will make true. Do you have any specific practices to become more aware of the part of your subconscious that might be manifesting negativity? Like, I feel like there are so many people who are not aware of their limiting beliefs. Yeah. When you kind of delve into any kind of self-development journey, I think that awareness is always the kind of first step. And I think it's just as simple as really asking people to be really inquisitive with themselves. So whenever things are happening, whenever you're responding or reacting to an event, reacting to a situation, whenever you're experiencing, let's say, a negative emotion, whether that's sadness, fear, despair, guilt, really actually ask yourself, why am I feeling that? Is my reaction related to the actual event Or has this been triggered by something in the past? And sometimes it is just, am I overreacting here? Is this really a just reaction? Should I be this upset about this email someone sent me? It doesn't make sense that I'm this angry with my partner for saying this comment. And if the answer, and you have to be really honest with yourself, if the answer is maybe not, okay, what has this triggered in me? What is this hitting? What wound is this touching? that is making me feel so emotional about this event. 
And I think it, there's so much power in that because actually you stop giving weight to all your current experiences and making them into bigger things than they are. And you're actually able to get in touch with what's deeper and start to work on that. And you're living your life through this lens of let me get to know myself. Let me get curious. I know a lot of people who they'll react to something and then have so much regret and be like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I overreacted. But I feel like it's so important to be curious about, well, why? That's coming from something. You didn't wake up today and decide that you're going to fly off the handle and <laughs> say something you don't mean. It's yeah. coming from something. So get curious rather than judgmental. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I do it every day. I really do. I'm always questioning myself. And I'm such a different person now to who I was even six months ago. And six months before that, I feel like I've grown up so much. And I think it is just because I'm of this commitment to understanding. And also, like you say, it's not judging yourselves. And when you don't judge yourself, you actually give yourself more room to be honest about maybe your shortcomings so that you can actually work on them in a compassionate way. I want to dive into now more of the goal setting because I know that people, this is what they're here for. They're here for the goals. When people think about manifestation, like we're saying, they think of the vision boards and those final goals. But it's always the middle steps that feel confusing, which I know is what this new book is all about, is the action steps. Can you dive more into what those action steps look like? Like for someone who's like, okay, I have the clear vision now. I know where I want to go, but I have no idea how to get there. How can someone pinpoint and identify the action steps that they need to take? You know, step three is align your behavior. And this really is all about being proactive, taking action, stepping inside your comfort zone. When I ask people to put something on their vision board, and then I suggest that people put that away because I don't want them getting overly obsessed with the goal because otherwise it feels like you're at the bottom of a mountain. Have you ever been hiking and you look at the top of where you're going and you're like, oh my goodness, how am I ever going to get up there? And it feels so overwhelming. But actually, when you just start taking one foot in front of the other, Eventually you get there. And I think you kind of touched on it earlier that manifesting is really about this presence. And it's really just asking yourself, okay, today or this week, what can I do to get me one step closer to my goal? How can I show up? What decisions do I need to make? What priorities do I need? And I think a big part of it and a big part of my step three is showing up as your future self. So imagine the future you who has got this role or who has got this job or who's fallen in love or who is they've got their new home, whatever it is. What would that version of you, that future you, maybe you could call it your higher self, what would your higher self do today? How would they show up? How would they commit to their goals? How would they motivate themselves? What boundaries would they set? So I really like to ask myself that question every day and I really encourage people to do the same. What would my higher self do? What would the future me do today? And remember that it is just about taking these steps forward I think if we look too far ahead all the time, we are going to feel overwhelmed. But if we can take one step and then another, eventually we'll get there. And I think that when we are aligned with our purpose, when we are really committed to our healing journey, the universe does throw us opportunities to help us get that. That idea of showing up as your highest self, that's been a huge one for me. I've learned that some people are confused what that means. Like they think that their highest self is where they eat totally clean and they're really successful and they're rich and they work out every day. That's just like what they're supposed to do. That's right. their highest self is what they are supposed to do, what like a good person does. 
So can you set the record straight of what does it mean to show up as your highest self? Who is your highest self? If you were to close your eyes and you were to think about the best version of you that exists. So this version of you is not about anything that is outside of you. It's not about the way you look. It's not about what you have. It's not about your money. This is just about who you are as a person and how you show up for yourself. And so your higher self is likely to be more confident. Your higher self is likely to have better boundaries with people and know how to say no. For some people, that higher self might be more organized. They might be better with time management. They might be kinder in the way that they speak to themselves. They might be more committed to their well-being overall. They might be more at peace. They might have a more grateful mindset and actually be able to see the world through this more positive lens. When we close our eyes and we think about our future self, the best version of ourselves that exists, we think about how that version of us feels. How do they approach life? How do they allow others to treat them? And how do they treat themselves? That's your higher selves. And we want to tap into that energy of confidence, of high self-worth, of self-love, and then bring that energy to everything that we do because that will guide our decision-making process. And when we guide all our decisions in that way, of course, we then experience a different reality as a result. It kind of is like our most authentic self because it's like how we would feel if all of these limiting beliefs and negative experiences had affected us. It's like if we could strip all of those things away, what would that self be that's left? What do you do, Roxy, on a day-to-day basis to show up as your highest self? I commit to practices that I know make me feel good, like the meditating in the morning, taking my supplements, getting outside for a walk. But I will also say, I don't do that every day. Sometimes I don't have time and I forget. Like These practices are not things that you do every day. But When it comes to showing up for myself as my higher self every day, yes, I commit to them when I can. But I think more than anything is I would say that I show myself a lot of respect and a lot of compassion. I think I respect myself and I respect my goals. And I make sure that I show up for them in a way that is respectful. And by that, I mean, I do commit to them because that's my priority. I do take action. I do motivate myself. But I'm also kind to myself and I know each day, like yesterday, I was absolutely exhausted and I thought, I am not feeling good. Today, I just need to rest and do nothing and cancel plans with friends after work and not speak to anyone. And that's what I need today. And it's just that honoring of what you need that really is so healthy. I am so glad that you touched on that because I do feel like when people again, are kind of going into like the what am I supposed to do? Who is that ideal self of what the world has told me is ideal? Then we would be like, okay, I really don't want to work out, but my highest self would work out. So I'm going to force myself to do it. And then you feel depleted and bad. So I think that reframe of it's not about what you're supposed to do. It's like the compassion for yourself of what do I really need? It doesn't look like the same thing every day. Your highest self is not going to act the exact same every day. It's listening to what you need. And that lens of compassion is so huge. Yeah, that's so true. And there's a fine line. Each individual knows their own line. Sometimes you need to kick up the ass, right? It's true. And just like you get on that mat and you work out. (laughs) You need this, okay? Sometimes you need to give yourself that. And sometimes you need to go, oh my God, it's not that big a deal. If you don't want to exercise today, don't. And only you know what you need, right? There is a line. 
but you choose what's right for you on that day. I want to pivot a little bit, Roxy, and read one of my favorite passages from your manifest book, because I think this is a crucial tip that I have not heard anybody else talk about with manifestation. And I also haven't heard this come up in any other interview I've listened to with you. So you write, celebrating others is a demonstration of that high vibrational, supportive, and abundant mindset. This hit me so hard. Why is celebrating others a key part of manifestation? So part of manifesting and creating abundance and attracting abundance into your life is down to having an abundant mindset. So an abundant mindset is where you have a belief that there is enough love, money, success to go around for everyone. It's the opposite of a scarcity mindset, which comes from a place of lack and fear and it comes from a belief that there's not enough for us all. I'm always trying to encourage people to come into this really abundant mindset. And part of that is gratitude. So when we're grateful for everything that we already have, it means that we're already sitting in a place of, of abundance because we believe we already have a lot. Whereas if we're not in that space of gratitude and always wanting more, 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 then we're coming from a place of scarcity that we don't have enough. And then we get stuck in that place of lack. Another thing that plays into this is envy and the way that we see other people's success. So if we have a scarcity mindset, when other people have success or have happiness or have joy or have love, and we feel envious of that, we're coming from a scarcity mindset, a belief they have something and that might mean less for me. And so we might feel threatened by another person's success and therefore we're sitting in that scarcity mindset. If we're sitting in this place of inspiration, which is actually the antithesis of envy, what we're allowing other people's success to do is not to hold us back or scare us or threaten us, but instead they're showing us what's possible. We're feeling inspired by it. That's really high vibrational. And that comes from an abundant mindset, a mindset that says you have something and I can have it too. Now, I believe that the universe is always kind of watching what we're doing. It's watching what we're thinking about, the way we're behaving, how we're treating ourselves, everything. And it will give us what we're giving out. So if we're giving out envy coming from scarcity and lack, it will continue to give us lack and keep us stuck. If we are inspired by others and going a step further and actually celebrating other people, we are actively saying to the universe, I'm not threatened. I'm inspired by this person's success. I believe it will give us more abundance back as a result. And it's also just such a liberating feeling. It's so, it feels so good to be able to switch our mindset from, I'm so jealous of what that person has to, oh my God, I'm so happy for them. Good for them. It feels so much better. We know how it feels to feel envious of someone. It's horrible. It feels stifling. Whereas when we have a friend, you, you'll know conversely that feeling when you're really genuinely happy for someone. Oh, amazing. It feels light. It feels happy. It feels joyous. Celebrating other people is a really important practice. Not only because I think it makes the world just a nicer place because jealousy and envy is the cause of so much harm that people put on each other. But actually, it helps us on our manifesting journey and helps us to attract more abundance. I've been doing so much work within myself to identify like, okay, when I start feeling that feeling of envy, rather than looking at that as an emotion of it's something that you have that I do not have. And therefore, like you're saying, lack, it's looking at that instead of that's like a mirror into what I meant to have, or that's a mirror into what my future will have. So now I'll, I'll say if I see someone with 
a top podcast on Apple. And I'm like, damn it, I want the Evergold podcast to be that successful. And I feel that little feeling of envy. I make myself reframe and think, because I'm feeling that, that's a sign of what's going to come. That's a sign when of my future. So it, that's really helpful for me. And uh, the other piece of this too, is that manifestation is typically thought of as such an individual practice. You know, it's so focused on self, which I love because what better focus is there than yourself? But I love this added piece of it that you bring because it's almost like we can all manifest together. When you win, I win. And yeah. when I feel love and joy for you, I win even more too because that's adding more joy and love for me to feel. And so it's kind of like this idea that we can all be manifesting together. Not only can we celebrate others because someone else's success does not negate what we're capable of, but we need to be celebrating others in order to feel that abundance and joy. And and I think that collective manifesting is probably powerful than even what you could do if you do just stay focused on self. Absolutely. I love that. We're not in this journey alone. And if we can be happy for each other, we can connect more, we can share ideas. It's a beautiful way of living. I think that celebrating others is something that we don't do enough. I'm so curious. This is kind of a little side tangent, but I'm just really curious your thoughts as you've gone through so much healing for yourself. But, you know, the saying of, you know, your true friends when you go through a hard time. I actually have come to think, I think, you know, your true friends when you go through a great time. Who is so happy for you? Right. I mean, yes, there's so much to be said about a friend who's like, I'm here for you if you're going through something bad. But I do have a lot of those friends that are like, they like to be the hero. So they like coming in and helping me. And I appreciate that. But I don't have a lot of friends that are there for me when I'm going through a really great time. And when I say there for me, they're as happy as I am. You know, they're celebrating me. My wins are their wins and vice versa. So I think that true friendship and true happiness is the ability to feel happy for other people. Oh my God, I could not agree more. I actually wrote about this last year at some point. I think you know your true friends through the good times 100% because actually when you're going through a hard time and there's drama people become quite obsessed with that they want to know exactly what's going on so true it's something that makes them feel good and it's something I would love to know what it is in the human psyche I don't know but when somebody else is suffering or someone else is going through a hard time that drama is kind of like we want to know more we want to be there and feeling an immense amount of empathy or compassion feeling like you want to help as well is of course part of that but if somebody really is helping you through a hard time you don't know if it's because they're feeling true empathy or they just kind of feel quite excited by the drama on the other hand if you're going through a good time a lot of people will not enjoy that for you they will feel threatened by it They don't really want to be happy for you. And it's quite sad, really. But it's important for you to recognize, especially those who are going on a manifesting journey. Because as you start to manifest, your life starts to change. Good things do happen. Things do start to feel better. Are those same people that were there for you in the hard times actually still showing up for you in the same way as things start getting good? And on the flip side of that, for people who are going through their manifestation journey, I think realizing where are you not as happy for your friends who are succeeding? When are you the friend that isn't happy when someone that you love is doing really, really well? And why? 100%. I mean, I've done done it this year. I can think of two friends. I thought, gosh, I'm feeling a bit jealous. And I really had to work through it. But I did. And I was really pleased for it. But how come the sweet Jay so jealous? 
you work through it and you figure it out. How did you work through it? The two people I was, I was kind of jealous about quite different things. One was more of a, like a career thing. Well, it wasn't so much of a career thing, but this person had, had so much confidence. I think I've suffered from self-loathing for so many years. I was like, imagine to be that confident all the time. Imagine how different life was be. And I was like, then I had to remind myself, I was like, hey, wait, you know what? If I was always confident my whole life, I wouldn't be able to empathize with other people. I wouldn't be in this healing space as a career. I wouldn't have this job because I wouldn't be able to connect with people. And the other one, she, I don't know if I should say this, but she's a very wealthy husband and she's completely financially supported. And I'm completely financially independent and look after my son. And I felt like, oh God, wouldn't it be nice not to have the pressure for a day? And I think that part of me was a bit jealous. And then I was like, oh my God, I would not give this up for for the world. But I had to work through that for a moment. And actually, it's a reminder that it's okay. I like being independent. It's a fucking great thing. That's a powerful reframe because we can feel that envy, but then most of us wouldn't choose. There was actually a study. They took 100 people and were like, if you literally could switch your entire life with this person that you might have envied for their job, their family, their spouse, whatever it is. And 100% of those people chose not to switch their lives. This episode is going to be our first episode of 2024. It's kicking off the new year, just like our, oh, our first episode with you did in 2023. So I want to hear about your manifestation routine for New Year's. Do you set resolutions? Walk me through your routine and get specific as possible because, you know, I love a detail. My main thing is on New Year's Eve, I do my end of year reflection. So I go through lots of different end of year reflection questions, which I'll have a new set on my Instagram. So if anyone now wants to do it, they can find it on my Instagram. So I really think it's important to reflect on the year that's gone on the lessons that you've learned, how you've grown. Also reflect on like the good times. I always go month by month, highlights from each month because you forget. I go through my photos to remind me. It's like, it's actually a good idea. So I'll go through kind of like the highlights of the year, what I've learned, the challenges, what I overcame, answer these kind of questions. And then I settle down to make my vision board for the new year. So I always do my vision board either on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. This New Year's Day, I'm doing a vision board webinar. I'm so excited. I've never done it before. I kind of like light candles. I set the scene. I really think about like my how I want the year to play out, my biggest goals. Obviously, I've got the step-by-step guide to how to make a vision board in both my books for anyone that wants to use that. And then I do a visualization meditation. And then I really just like start never hung over on New Year's Day, which is great. Uh, <laughs> I think I've done enough hangovers last night. <laughs> and on New Year's Day, I really just start fresh. I always go out for like a nice lunch to start New Year's Day with Wade, my partner, and our son. And I really just kind of get into those healthy habits that I want to see me through. So whether that's exercise, new supplements, adding some extra vegetables into my meals, whatever it is. But it's really simple, really. I think because I manifest as a way of life, because I really live and breathe this stuff, Nothing changes that much in the new year. It's more that I just have a new sense of motivation and new energy. And there's like a real feeling of rejuvenation and excitement. But my day-to-day doesn't change massively. I appreciate you saying that because I feel like that's why there's this really bad success rate with New Year's resolutions is because people are only setting them 
because they think they're supposed to for a new year. When in reality, your motivation, your highest self, your goals should not be dictated on a calendar year. They should start when you feel ready. You should do the work every single day. It should be the way that you live your life. Roxy, we are going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions for you. The best piece of advice that you've ever received. This is probably not the best one. It's the only one I can think of. My sister probably says to me, the best thing about a bad day is they always come to an end. That is a good reminder. A favorite song that you listen to when you want to tap into your highest self energy? Lizzo. What's it called? Lizzo, good as hell. Good as hell. I mean, that is like the most iconic highest energy. So good. And last one, fill in this blank. If everyone had this habit, it would change their life. Meditation. Roxy, where can everyone find you, get all your books? Now you have like multiple, which is wild. Um, tell everyone where they can get more of you. My Instagram, Roxy Nafusi. Same as my website for any upcoming webinars and live event. It's www.roxynafusi.com. And the books are available at Amazon or Barnes & Nobles or wherever you get your books. Roxy, thank you so much. I have to tell you, Thanks. our audience is obsessed with you which is why I asked you to come on again, because your episode is the highest performing of all time, which is like, yes, our audience loves you. We've heard the best things after your episode last year went live. So it's like, I got to give the people what they want. Roxy's got to come on again. That's so kind. Thank you so much. We're we're such big fans of you and I love your work. So thank you for taking the time and chatting with me again. Thank you so, so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Every Girl Podcast on Instagram or theeverygirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.